0: So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Got my PrevNAR20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect.
1: I'm 19,
0: strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk
1: Wake that ass up Earth in the morning. The Breakfast Club.
0: Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne, the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Hold on, let me
3: just. The legendary.
0: I just I see he got his Morgan State. Oh really,
1: stereo, bro? So really, just,
0: bro? You know I just you know want to put my helmet here. <laughs> oh man, we got the brother Joe Claire here.
1: <laughs> of course, Joe Kleesy, Good morning, Joe good Cleazy. morning, good morning, good morning. How now, y'all doing, man? Explain
0: this to me now.
3: Like I know the the Hampton Howard rivalry, but what's Morgan State? So Hampton? every
1: every every HBCU thinks it's the greatest HBCU that has ever been HBCU. Got That's you, correct. Got you. The only real one is Morgan State. But then okay. the other ones still feel like they are a Morgan State. You so you, you have you, that you. Howard Hampton thing oh, on Morehouse God. thinks it's Morgan State. You, you. you know, oh, FAMU God. thinks it's Morgan State. And no, dis- I love those institutions. Great institutions who turn out incredible people, but yeah, they're not.
0: Yeah, watch your mouth. Yeah. yeah
1: Morgan, Morgan State. State. I, yeah, I, you, I was going to
0: go to Morgan State because that's the first school that's on the tour. You know, That's you go not to helping Morgan. your argument here. Now, I'm going to tell you, I was going to go to Morgan. <laughs> I was going to go to, you know, we go to Morgan, Howard, VSU, Virginia uh-huh. Union, and then- Hampton. Hampton, mm-hmm. right? When I went to Morgan State, I remember it like it was yesterday. We The first thing we go on, that, on the campus, well, whatever you want to call it a campus?
1: Oh, and, no, you didn't. Just because y'all got that little river running behind y'all little school. Oh, I little heard camp- this story Little
0: question. campus. And then you know what I seen on you know, my dad's scene? Y'all were playing craps on the steps. That's and my a- dad was like... Ugh. This is same thing as Queens. Why are you going to leave Queens to come to Baltimore?
1: That's the school to, you want to go to, to. craps on the steps. That's what These made me crafts. go to. So mine was the complete opposite. <laughs> okay. As soon as I seen the crowd, I was like, this is the place for me. <laughs> this, is the place for me. <laughs> oh, this is definitely the place for I, for me to get a degree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was perfect. It, it made them five years <laughs> them five years served me well so five years, you, in you, Baltimore. You didn't do it in four? No, I ain't doing it in four. Me neither, I did it in five too. No, I, I, did, I did my five and I was a, RA. Man, I did everything you could do at school. I was the mascot one semester. <laughs> what I needed a gym credit. Okay. I needed a gym credit. Uh, they was like, "You want to go lift weights, or you want to be the mascot?" I said, "Man, give me the bear outfit." <laughs> <laughs> I was the <laughs> I was the most DC bear the eight that I had on my new balance because <laughs> it was a raggedy suit. Right. Listen, Charlemagne, it was a raggedy suit okay. at the time. We didn't have the funding to get a new mascot outfit at that time. Right. Morgan State was going through some things, so they gave me the old one that they used to have, and the hat, the, the head was perfect. Mm-hmm. The suit, the feet. Terrible. Garbage. Garbage. So I used to rock whatever. <laughs> the bear would come out rocking okay. fresh new butters. New butter Tim's, Bro- beef, beef and broccoli what you want. And everybody, who was the bear? Who is the bear? <laughs> <laughs> he fresh, whoever the bear he fresh, is, he, fresh, fresh. he fresh. fresh. The freshest bear we ever had. Honestly, if you walk on an
3: HBCU campus and rolling Dice scares you, you might not need to go to an HBCU. <laughs> No, it my is scary. Is my
0: pops too? was like, "This is the same thing I seen in Queens, and I I don't want my kid, you know, rolling
1: craps." But that was so, so. What it is? We wasn't rolling craps. That was a probability study. Oh,
3: that, see, you <laughs> <wasn't>, <laughs> your father wasn't. See, your pops wasn't here. <laughs> that you. was
1: just a probability study. <laughs> I got you. I got from you. some kids in the engineering That's department. Right. That's now let's right. let's talk
0: about what's going on in, For in, sure. in, in in Morgan right now, Morgan State. You know, uh, there was a shooting there recently. Yes. Uh, you guys have canceled the homecoming, and and there was a lot going on. So. Have you reached back out to the school? How how is everything happening now? Because I know you you're big when it comes to giving back to that school. So
1: uh, I was supposed to actually host our homecoming gala, which is the the biggest fundraiser of the year. I host the gala each year, shirt you know tuxedo mm-hmm. out, and um, that got postponed to December the eighth. Um, the game, you know, all of the. Th- let's say this: the official homecoming got canceled. Okay, mm. but black people homecoming. Went on as planned. Oh, they were still partying. Oh, they were still partying. They called it because the homecoming got canceled, brunch. Okay. Because the homecoming got canceled, day party. Because okay. of the home. So, we, you know, you have thousands of people who were looking forward to this weekend. Mm-hmm. So they came down and had a great time and showed solidarity. You even, after the shooting, you had mothers. There was a group of mothers who got together who were not, didn't have students at, didn't have kids in school who came up just to show support for wow. kids who were far away from home who needed a mom. Oh wow. If you need a hug, if you need to ask a mom question real quick, I'm we standing right here. Oh wow. And so while, you know, the, the tragedy happened and we you know, our, our prayers are with those students and their families and everybody affected, there's also this gigantic push of solidarity, this gigantic push of unity. Um this is a new Morgan state and we're going to stand together to 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 shake off some of the old um Reputation mm-hmm. that rolling Crap's reputation that we had, mm-hmm. and move in a, in a new positive way. When things like this pop up, it it throws a monkey wrench into the we're a new Morgan thing. So we came out even stronger. Yeah. Wow. We, that's why I've been I've been orange and blue since that day. You know, my mm-hmm. kids are walking around with the hats and everything else, and I'm screaming it out as much as I possibly can. These institutions, you know, I don't have to come on here and preach to you what an HBCU means. For our community, so um, you know, at this time in my life, I'm happy to be able to be there for my school. Whatever they need, they call mm-hmm. me for anything. If the students need anything, my frat brothers need anything, they hit me up and like, let's go do X, Y, and Z. Do you think they should have canceled homecoming? I think it was a good call okay. by uh, Dr. Wilson. is a, is an incredible uh, leader for that school. And with uh, let's imagine if he didn't cancel this black mother ain't yeah. canceling. It's a tragedy. So. He did the smart thing. He did the the thing that someone in academia should do. Mm-hmm. Let's cancel this. Everybody else though, we went and partied and everybody had a great time. <laughs> well, yeah, because all the events around homecoming. Oh, none, yeah. none of
3: that got shut down. No, no hell no, no,
1: no. No. You ain't you ain't canceling rare essence. You ain't canceling the go go, cause you know, you're not even supposed to have a go go in Baltimore in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that you got a go go in Baltimore, oh, we coming. Yeah. And you're not canceling that. Why you but, can't have go go in Baltimore? It's too old. You, it's two different cities. So Baltimore, Break it down. most of the country doesn't real, doesn't know that there is a unspoken rivalry between the African-American community in Baltimore and the African-American community in D.C. Okay, We're 30 miles apart, 40, 50 miles, a half hour apart, 40 minutes apart. And for us growing up, Baltimore is a whole nother country. Mm-hmm. We don't even know that Baltimore is there. And for Baltimore growing up, D.C. is a whole nother... They south and they country. Yeah. They think that we country, we think that they country. And you very it's a field trip when you growing up. Baltimore's a field trip. Unless you have family there, Baltimore's a field trip. You yeah. can get their T V stations, maybe, you know, if you live outside the yeah, city, you can yeah, get yeah. some of their TV stations. They got their own language. The own, and the and, and so we have two we grew up with two different uh um, like you said, cultures, mm-hmm. different accents, um, music food we dig, way we dress and the, and and the like so when I got to Baltimore there was no go-go whatsoever mm-hmm. you did not don't even don't even bring that up in Baltimore now because of I think because of the 20 30 years that DC has been heavy going to Morgan State making alliances in the city my wife is from the west side first okay. let me say that my wife is from the west side of Baltimore mm-hmm. and when I married a Baltimore woman the DC women like hold on Joe Uh, 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 uh. No, that's not what we doing I was like, oh, that's what we Mm doing Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you ain't
3: go ahead. Say
1: you you don't sleep with her. <laughs> you, you haven't had some of that that old bait that she's serving. She, uh She's got a crab boil for your ass that you <laughs> you don't know nothing about. And so um, I think that there's 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 slowly but surely there's there's an alliance that has been coming uh, between Baltimore and DC. At least the 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 hard line has been softened. Yeah, I won't say there's an alliance, but the hard line has been softened so that you can have a go-go in DC. DC still is hardcore. We won't accept like Baltimore night. Mm-hmm. But I love Baltimore. Club music, house music. I love I love, it's it's such an incredible and rich city that I have so I gained so much respect for by going to Morgan State and then by having friends who were from Baltimore and eventually I met that woman and then that just deepened you know, my appreciation for Baltimore. I actually just opened a, a business in Baltimore, a substance abuse treatment facility wow. in the city of Baltimore. My wife and I, you know, I have a degree in psychology in case, you... okay. well, and, well, <laughs> well. and so we did that. So I had, that's me in Baltimore. And, and for most people you, there, there's a documentary, uh, uh, oh God, I wish I could remember the name, about Baltimore house music that goes into their culture. Mm-hmm. And then there's a there's tons of documentaries about Go-Go. You see our culture, but you never hear about this rivalry that we had mm-hmm. that goes on. I think it's the stupidest thing ever. I think that the two uh, communities, African-American communities in those major cities, D.C.'s a major city, Baltimore's a major city, I think we need to come together. Absolutely. Is there anything
3: that brings y'all together? I would think like comedy, right? Because I think y'all got such
1: underrated
3: Com- it's an underrated comedy scene in Baltimore, DC. Cause you got Dave, you got Donnell, you got yeah, so, your so so Earthquake,
1: just hilarious. So here's how we feel about that. It, the same applies. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like this, growing up, anything coming out of Baltimore, you just automatically X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you in Baltimore, anything coming out of DC, you just automatically X. Mm-hmm. Nah, they, you don't know them. I learned that from my bar, my Baltimore goons. Mm-hmm. What's up with y'all? I ain't, I ain't saying no names. Mm-hmm. What's up with y'all? But I know some straight goons, and and you know Baltimore, but well, people don't. You know the wire was real.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> let's, let's let's keep let's keep it a buck. The wire was real. Yeah. And the the climate in Baltimore is is serious. It's very very serious. So um, there's gonna be. It's gonna take. 30, 40 years for that alliance to pop off. Damn, I am 30, not. 30, 40? You, let's keep it real. Can I keep it real? Please. Of course. You know how niggas is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We talking about black folks yeah. who are set in their ways, who yeah. have, you know, we are slow to change. Black folks are very, very slow yeah, to change. That's true. And unless you have a reason to change, a very straightforward reason to change, ain't, ain't gonna be that much change. Big shout out to Baltimore and I, and I see that there's a There's a a lot of people that I graduated from college with and and people who are upperly mobile, they're doing incredible things in Baltimore. And I'm Mm -hmm. watching my brothers and sisters in DC do the exact thing. That's dope. So I'm like, it would be really cool if we had this cohesiveness Mm -hmm. because we're right there and we could be extremely powerful. But I'm a dreamer. Um, I always look for the best in people Mm -hmm. and always, you know, I'm a namaste kind of guy. So, you know, that's that's just me talking here with you guys about how I feel. Why we can't? Why you don't have a go go in Baltimore? When you say substance abuse treatment, what, what, what is it for? Heroin or for whatever anything, you want, pills, whatever, whatever you want. Um, um, codeine, whatever substance that you on. Right now, of course, everybody's the opioid crisis is the biggest thing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. hit our country. Um, so what, let me back up a bit more. Most, I got a degree in psychology, but my first job was a social worker. I'm in social services. Mm-hmm. I come from helping brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. right? That's what my parents instilled in me and it you know it just made sense to me. Comedy started paying the bills though. So comedy started paying the bills. I was like, boom, I gotta go do comedy. But I always kept the philanthropic things mm-hmm. moving. Then I watched my dad have a problem with substances back in the day. Then I watched my brother who was who my biggest hero on the planet come through recovery like, like he's the poster child, and he was on meth. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody come off of meth. Mm-hmm. You know he ain't coming back from meth. Right now he's a he. He got off meth and became a personal trainer. Wow. At 61 years old. Wow. Bad. Did, like, can I la- let me lay this out for you? What mm-hmm. most people don't know. My oldest brother came out the closet when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So he started that persecution started with him early in his life. And there, and that was a different time coming out the closet back yeah, then. He, nobody understood the way the way I the yeah, way say it. More difficult. The way I say it on stage and the jokes is he the first gay person. Because <laughs> it was we talking eighty one. Yeah, that's ain't true. No, ain't, I Black did, History Month fact. Right, he, he the, brother, the <laughs> first the first, first gay person. <laughs> right, he comes out and he stands on his truth that this is who I am when nobody is standing yeah. with him. At eleven, I you know, was, he was eleven, old, you and, you was 11. How old and he's he? seven years older than me, okay, so okay. he's eighteen. He was eighteen. And he stands on his truth and like, this is what it's going to be. The hood already knew, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of them things the hood knew. And I, I was like, y'all heard my brother gay? And he was like, nigga, you heard your brother gay? <laughs> we been knew your brother was gay, mm-hmm. you just ain't know. Cause that's my older brother. I, how would I know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he stood on his truth by 1988. He was HIV positive, He came through that. Then substance abuse. Prostate cancer, all of this stuff. And then one day he just was like, I'm just gonna be the the greatest nigga on the planet. And just took to recovery like a fish to water, took to the gym like a fish to water. He has, I'm sure he has his bad days, he has his trials, his tribulations, but he's my biggest hero on the planet. Mm. I can see if he came through all of that. All of it. And right, and, and he's he's six foot, so. He's six foot four. We have different dads. Mm-hmm. We have different dads. Uh, my dad raised him though. My, when my dad met my mom, my brother was two. His father was a ball player. And he's six foot four. Uh, he's 61, six foot four, gorgeous. Just just <laughs> gorgeous black man. Mm-hmm. Cut. Walking around now at 61. He ain't never do an athletic thing in his life. Right now he's 61 and cut and is like living like the best life he can ever have, and thank y'all for letting That's me talk beautiful. about him on the Breakfast Club. You know, the funny like, thing
0: is that what you said is he, he was like he's six foot four, and then you looked at yourself like we had different fathers. Yeah,
1: we had different. Yeah, I saw myself like... in the in the glass. <laughs> I could see me. I was like, "Nigga, you not six foot nothing." He <laughs> like
3: an HIV advocate too. Or?
1: He he he's a he's an advocate mm. for being aware. What he is an advocate for, and this is how he put it down for me. He's an advocate for us knowing who we are, mm-hmm. having safe practices, and getting ahead in the world as the younger brother he never tried to talk to me about uh gay versus straight mm-hmm. this versus that what your opinion is he never tried to make my opinion his opinion mine he never imp- try to impose any of that shit on me. and for all the people who think oh you gay but you go up around gay people you're gonna be gay nah man it's not contagious not at it's all not, you not know how much the I mean do you know how often I fuck my wife anyway is <laughs> is he never he never did any of any of those things and his thing was like I'm gay that's not y'all that's me right. that's what make me me. All right. He never tried to push that agenda and neither let me say this neither did any of his friends mm-hmm. uh, his friends came to our house Christmas Thanksgiving it was our house was the house to come to because my brother did have a supportive family those brothers who didn't have a supportive family I would I asked I was like why are you he over here every th- every Christmas he don't go see his mother and stuff and then my brother's like his mother and father don't want to see him mm. mm-hmm. they they his, his his he's he's been put out the house I was like what do you mean I didn't know that that went on in the gay community because my parents didn't. My, you know, they, this is my brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is my nigga. Hey, you crazy? So, so, so your norm wasn't the norm for most. That's what people I found. In the LGBTQ community. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Over over time, I found out that what happened in our house was not the norm.
3: How did that change your perspective on how you even just approach your allyship? I guess in the world. For um, LGBTQ?
1: it 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 just made me more of an ally when I need to be. Right. I don't. I don't go out waving the the the, the rainbow flag my, for for my brother he was like that's corny. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not living that every day, that's <laughs> corny to go out and wave the flag. Just right. do what you do. Right. Be are you first of all are you a halfway decent person in the world? That's what his his biggest thing was like, before you can even support anybody, what kind of person are you in here? That's mm-hmm. You might be That's a raggedy real. motherfucker in the, in the first place. That's real. We don't need your support. Mm. You a funky, we don't even want you around us. You know, or, or if it's a performative thing, please don't come around here. So that was always what he pushed for me. And you can understand why I'm so uh, passionate about it. This is my big brother. Right. This is my older brother. This is what I learned everything from. He taught me to fight. Taught me. I got an overhand right that I tear your ass up. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. I'm a comedian, envy. (laughs) (laughs)
3: So you got into comedy, yes. Okay. And then comedy led to radio or TV first.
1: Comedy, comedy led to uh, radio. No, comedy led to TV first. Cause I was watching raps. I was watching Uh the doc last night. And it was so
3: funny. I'm watching the doc. They're texting me saying, yo, we got Joe Claire for tomorrow. I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm watching the oh, doc. Oh, so you ain't do this? I mean, I I, I put it in motion. Okay, know, cool. I, mean, I told you when I saw you at the BG Awards, you got to have you on. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm watching the doc, and I saw that you called Rap City
1: every day. Listen, bro. I called Rap City <laughs> on once a week. I called BET once a week. I was watching the show every day like everybody else. Rap City. Rap City. Who was the host at the time? Dejo and Chris. Okay. And Les had just come on. Liz, had just come on. And I'm watching every day. Now, I had Ricky Lake. I got on the Ricky Lake show <laughs> a year before. Mm-hmm. This was her second season when she was still doing some newsy shit on the Ricky Lake show. Can we cut? I can cut. Yes, yeah, you. yeah, of course. Well, see, I, I'm sorry. I have another life now. I do the news in Washington, D.C. every day. So <laughs> I have to watch my. How I speak to you, Envy. Okay, well, you can say whatever the fuck you want to say here. Thank you very much. So I'm fucking doing comedy. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm doing comedy. I'm going up to the, to the pay phone. Mm-hmm. I do the Ricky Lake show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I can get on Ricky Lake. So I, here's the, this is what got me really on it. So I do the Ricky Lake show. And then I go to the club on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Ricky Lake came on Wednesday. I go to the club Thursday. Nigga, I'm blown up. Everybody saw you on Ricky Lake. <laughs> Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Hold up. You was on Ricky Lake yesterday. <laughs> Why? Yes, I am. <laughs> Bitch, I tell you, yes, 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 and it was like you. I was just standing here last week in the same spot in this club, and you was standing right there, and you looked me in my face, lady. You ain't. I was nobody. I get on Ricky Lake. Oh, <laughs> you was on Ricky Lake yesterday. <laughs> like, like drinks. You, what you gonna you gonna hang out with us after? And I was like. This how they treat you when you get on TV? <laughs> I got to get on there every day. Oh, I'm calling right <laughs> city. So, I was like, let me call BET. BET is is I, I was living in I was living on Capitol Hill at the time. BET is in Northeast, which is not too it wasn't wasn't too far from my house. So, I'm like, this is I'm close. I'm this, this close. So, I started calling like 411. And then can I have the director <laughs> and they finally give me Keith Paschal, and I get his voicemail. And when he didn't, I leave the message and he didn't call back. Let me call again. You know, when you 19 and you got that, right. you don't have any clue how the industry works. Now, you know, that's the corn ball. And it's, this nigga keep calling my phone. Mm-hmm. He's never going to get a job. But when you young, you don't know that. Right. So I just kept, 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 kept calling. Well. Um, he never called me back, but a friend of mine, Jay Nice, who was in the episode last night, DJ Jay Nice, was DJing. He's like, I'm gonna be on Rap City tomorrow. I said, like, you gonna be on Rap City tomorrow? Uh, can I roll with you? He's like, yeah, sure. I said, where y'all shooting at? He said, I don't know. I said, tell them they can shoot at my house. He's like, all right, cool, I'll tell him. He ain't, I, now I hadn't told anybody I was calling Rap City every week. Mm-hmm. Look like goddamn food. so. He called me back and said, yo, we'll be at your house tomorrow at 11. I said, you gonna be in my house tomorrow at 11 to shoot Rap City? He said, yes. I now, said, no okay. what,
0: before you do that, just that break, wasn't in the dock. Yeah, break it down, because
1: <laughs> I thought, you know, when I DJ Rap City, of course, it was a lot of years later, there was a set. Right. So before that, there was no set. No set. This is, and in the dock, there was a bunch, it's a dock, so they had to cut out a bunch of stuff. Right. Just like he got to yeah, edit yeah, this yeah, for, right, right. for, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> just, just push play. So, so they come to my house. And Alphonse, who was the producer at the time, Alphonse McCullough shows up. He got Chino XL with him. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow.
1: Chino XL. And at the time, this is before Eminem had dropped. So remember, Chino XL was the king of the, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, right? You know, he was the king of, of that type of shock. Uh, metaphoric, battle, lyric, shit, battle rap battle rapish rap. lyricism. He, Chino XL was the king of that shit mm-hmm. at the time. So he showed him, I was like, yo, it's fucking Cheeth. So you didn't have a set. They were just gonna shoot. No in your set, room? they shot in my living room. You had to sign
3: no waiver, no nothing.
1: I ain't none of that shit. This is the early days of the bet. And you had your own house at the time. I had my own. Me okay. and my me and my roommate was living on Capitol Hill. Okay. Me and my, my line brother. And the the, the the thing was, when he said we'll be there tomorrow, I gotta back up a little bit. When he said, we'll be at your house tomorrow, I said, cool, I hung up the phone, I go in my room, I was like, all right, God. They said you do stuff like this, like but for real though, God? <laughs> like, BET coming to my house? Like, hold up, you don't, for real, man? You do this for me, man, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. <laughs> right? No, for real. And for people listening that don't know, BET
0: used to be out of D.C.
1: Right. They weren't yes. in New York, they, they used to be out of D.C. Doc- yeah, okay. it was out. It was out of. It was out of D.C. Mm-hmm. So, sure enough, they show up the next day and Chino XL, boom, 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 boom. So I'm like, oh man, I'm, I, you know, I'm my mind blown. I'm a hip hop head. I'm my mind. Whatever y'all need, I got beer in the refrigerator. We had no, we had no furniture. I had a bomb. It was exposed bricks wall, spiral staircase, fireplace. No, no furniture. It was, it was perfect for a rap city shoot. Mm-hmm. Refrigerator full of beer. Perfect. <laughs> then, yeah, it was like a Drake video. This is back when you remember Drake in the video? I was fresh out yeah. of college. I want my shit to look like Drake and them shit. 40s. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I was drinking 40s, a genuine draft. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't doing O.E. Some New York shit. Anyway, the producer said, hey, man, you a comedian? I said, yeah. He said, I saw you. You open for Paul Mooney. Now I had snuck in Paul Mooney's show and begged for five minutes. Like I used to go to everybody, I don't give a fuck who was coming to (laughs) town. I'ma go stage door, can I get five minutes? This time, they always told me no, but this time one of the security knew me from the club. I'm like, nah, that nigga funny, put him on. So I got on. They let me do that. Fast forward eight months later, yo, you open for Paul Mooney. I was like, yeah, he's like, man, you funny as shit, but I didn't know your name. Blah, 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 Hey. We might be looking for. Yeah, all he had to say is, we might be looking. for... I'm your guy. <laughs> Whatever the fuck you looking for, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And he had me shoot a few things while I was standing there with Chino XL and them. And then they gave me a couple of auditions. And next thing you know, I was the co. I was co-hosted with Big Legs. You know what I realized
3: last night watching that Doc man, it re- Not realized. It reminded me, you and Legs had some of the greatest chemistry I've ever seen any duo have
1: period did y'all
3: know each other before that uh
1: it goes back to my brother and how i was raised. Mm. when you first of all i got a strong mother and mm-hmm. i come from strong women i got strong i had strong ass pops too but i had strong 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 women respecting women was just what you do at our house mm-hmm. there's no two ways about it and and it's a modern woman you're not you're not delegating them to any other thing, but as equal as they wanna show up that day, that's who she is. I took that with me out in the world. So if you look, I always work with women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Me and Les, me and Takara. When I hosted, Takara, me, and, me and Takara yeah. had the, the the game show. We had yeah. Take the Cake, mm-hmm. me and Takara. Uh, Melissa Ford came on Mad Sports when mm-hmm. I hosted a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It was great. I did morning radio, me and Sonny, me mm-hmm. and Poet. Me Now I'm on the news every day. I'm with Marina, I'm with Maureen. So I work really well with women specifically because of what I was taught about women and then my brother taught me about respecting people. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. The, okay. the, 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 one of the, the narratives that's missed is, it's a person in here. Mm-hmm. We like to think about the titties and the ass and the how she looking today. Mm-hmm. Or the ladies like the low, oh, he got the chain, he got the, or whatever's going, the physical attributes mm-hmm. of a person. But it's a person in there. Mm-hmm. She got up this morning, had to do everything she had to do to get out the door, to get to work, to be on time, to shoot this show, she nervous too, she don't know everything. Nigga, the last thing she needs is me trying to throw her some dick. Mm-hmm. So, what would you do if it was her brother? How you doing today? Good to see you, man, let's get this in. And that's how I treat that's how, that's what me and Les were off the break. Mm-hmm. And she, since she was already there, she knew more than I did. So I I kind of gave her this big sister thing. Yo, show me this and show me that. And how does this work? And I don't know these hip hop guys. Mm-hmm. And, oh, who is that? Could you, can you introduce me? That type of shit. So it was never, that's how that chemistry worked out. Now, some of her friends. Oh, good.
3: <laughs> What's up with Joe?
1: It was a different kid. <laughs> Lez, what's up with Joe? Let me show you what little bro do. But it's crazy though, because y'all used to do uh-huh. Rhapsody Radio. No, my brother's gay, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I like vagina.
3: Yo, y'all did Rhapsody Radio, but I'm like, damn, nobody ever tapped Joe and Les to do a morning show?
1: They that that never happened. That's insane. And I was me. doing morning radio. I know. You know, mm-hmm. I was doing radio. I worked with I worked with shout out to Russ Paul. Mm-hmm. Russ Paul. Um, shout out to Russ Paul. Shout out to Frank Ski. Mm-hmm. Frank Ski. Yes of indeed. Um, and then I, of course, I had my own morning show for a good while. Um, no, nobody ever tapped us for, for a radio show. That's insane. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, I feel like
3: like, you know, you got all of these, you know, you got what you call it, the adult contemporary hip hop, hip hop, yeah, but even now, coming even up, just yep. regular. This is, yeah, we, we old, we 20, mm-hmm. you know, we we all in the 2554 demo for sure. It's like
0: that's a no brainer to me, yeah, yeah. I so hope what, everybody's listening now. So, why did you leave? Wh- wh- what ended with Rhapsody? Why did you leave Rhapsody?
1: So, Stephen Hill came in, and you know, this Stephen Hill, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you both versions mm-hmm. the version from. Where I sit now Mm -hmm. in my 50s, Stephen Hill was a guy coming into BET who needed to to make his thing work. He had been hired to make this thing work. Mm -hmm. That means people gonna get let go, sets are gonna get changed, systems are gonna get tossed up. I was new to that though. I didn't know that that's how that worked and we were a BET family up until that point. Mm. Now from when it happened, Stephen Hill called me and Liz in his office mm-hmm. and he says, So, uh, you know, we're gonna go in another direction. I was like, Cool. What's the direction? <laughs> which, which, which? That way, that way. I am go either way you need. You know, every, I was ready. You know, I got a gay brother. I am go any way you need. You know? I'm, which way? I'm, I'm, I'm open. I'm open. I'm in, I'm in, you know, I'm an ally. Which way you need us to go? I had. <laughs> I had I had never heard that before. I had never heard we going in another oh, direction I heard that four before. Times. I had never Every heard time that I heard before. Fired. That was the <laughs> right. Exactly. That was the first time I heard that, and that meant that you would be you you were getting let go. From how I understood the industry at that time, I thought that was just the most fucked up move. Like he ain't mm. shake my hand and mm. like take us to lunch and be like, "Bruh, we love you," but. You know, this is what it is. And then, and then it was just a cold huh? uh We're going in another direction. And that they, was your they, last they day. Don't, they don't show that in
3: the doc either. They show, we're moving to New York, and then it's just like, yeah, and uh, you know, I decided, Stephen Hill was like, I decided it needed to be one host. One host. And I'm like, wait a minute, that can't be it. You just don't move Big Les and Joe like that. Like, yeah. what are you talking
1: about? It had to be more to the story. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, and, and to his credit, man, each of us sitting here could imagine if we had to be an exec moving into a network a storied, uh, a very storied, successful network. Right. You gonna make. You gonna have to come in and do some things. Certain way to make some shit pop off. You can imagine some people got to get fired, some people got to get let go. The way that y'all were doing things is cool, but you're not. That's gonna keep you playing at this level. If you want me to get you to this level, it's gonna be like that. So to Stevens' credit, man, he came in and did what he had to do. And look at where I, where BET went from there. It became such an iconic brand for everybody. But
3: I was wondering, and I was, I was thinking about the doc watching this last night. Did you and Les even get a chance to audition for 106? Because that was the other thing that happened. Oh, no. They launched 106 and oh, 106 kind of no. phased Rap City out. They didn't even add That would make that was a no-brainer to me. So so what happened is Did it I phase Rap nah, City out? Nah, Rap City kept going.
0: Rap City kept going.
1: But 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 it wasn't the shiny jewel no more right. network. Rap City. Uh and and what you'll you'll see more on that tonight on the <laughs> <laughs> Part three of the Rap City Doc. Or, or last, last, last night. night. Last you last night. saw it last night in the Rap City Doc. Um what I didn't even know about 106 in Park, be but until I was, I got tapped to do Mad Sports. I was living here in the mm-hmm. tri-state. Mm-hmm. I was living in Jersey mm-hmm. and in Hackensack. Shout out to Hackensack. Moved to Hackensack. I mm-hmm. lived there. I, I lived there. Mm-hmm. Lived there. I was. Shout out to Hackensack. And I was coming into the city all the time. And so, uh, they changed. They New York. They, new York's a new hub and all this other stuff. And I started doing Mad Sports. I started hosting that show, so I had to come up to the BET uh, offices one day, and I see uh, AJ. Well, I had known AJ from Howard, when Mm -hmm. he he was a party promoter, Mm -hmm. and a kid, you know, a dude around town in DC, from, you know, college scene, we would bump heads a lot, so I was like, oh! What the fuck you doing here? He's like, yo, on a new show. I was like, what's the show? He's like, one hundred and six in park. I'm like, boom, bet. All right, let me know if you need anything. You know, my nigga, good going. Good to see you. I'll catch you. I'm doing mad sports. And that was that's how I found out about one hundred and six and park. Mm-hmm. We there was no audition for us, but at the time, Les was living in in L. A. She had left and gone back to the West Coast. She was she left New York and was living in on the West Coast, and I was living up here. And so that the, the D. C. thing had kind of. It was a different story, but the corporate headquarters were still in DC. All of the paperwork and everything was getting done. All the money was in DC. It just baffles my mind because
3: when you got two talented people like yourselves, you would think that y'all would always be top of the mind for BET.
1: It's the game. Yeah, the game. Yeah, come on, you've yeah. seen it. You've seen it, both of us. Of all of us seen. It. Yeah. The game is, and, and let me say this for the people who are listening. When you get into this industry, any the media, music, uh, entertainment, or all of those other things, remember that you chose this game.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. the game's got rules that you did not set in place. You got to learn how to roll with them rules and keep getting ahead getting mm-hmm. or become a bitter, old, used to be, I could have been mm-hmm. type of motherfucker. I was like, I right, them's the rules. Keep it moving. Mm-hmm. I still go out every weekend and go get a bag telling jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, so when they making all these changes and things are going up and down, okay, I will see y'all on Monday because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Tallahassee this weekend. or you catch me, you know, I'll be in LA this week and yeah. telling jokes. So for me, a lot of that, a lot of that got to roll off my back, and I'm remembering it's the game, man.
3: And clearly, they cut all this out the dock. because I know you sat down and told all this.
1: Uh, I told whatever they asked. I'm sure I, I, I'm sure I did. I, yeah. I did whatever they asked. It's the, the documentary to 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 take 20 years of a of a show to truncate it into three hours. They had a huge task. Yeah. Man. And Wait. then they and then then they uh, after you guys was Tigger, and then Tigger. Tigger so yeah. Tigger was on with us. Tigger started doing yeah. news, and then he became like his three hosts. So it was me, Les, and Tigger, and then Steven came and was like, "Okay, why don't we just keep Tigger?" And that's how that worked. Now Tigger and I go back to Sunday Night Hip Hop Show on WPGC. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's where we me and Tigger used to flow every Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So so like the we would rap we would we would each write a written and then do a freestyle live on the radio every Sunday night in say shout out to DJ Flex. He was our DJ at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I knew Tigger from that's where we, you know became friends. So when he became, when he came on the show, it was a no brainer. Right. It was, it was, you know, go ahead, do your thing, kill him, knock him dead. And so that's how he got in. You,
3: you was always nicer than Tigger too, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. As a rapper, salute to Tigger, you know, I salute to Tigger. I like, cause I was reminded of that last night too, but even when I was, salute. I'm on the doc, right? Thank you, sir. There's, yes. There's raps I remember. Like I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, I remember Joe Claire sitting there with Raekwon and I, that was the freestyle that made me, and I made me be like, God damn, Joe Claire can really
1: rap. So that that rhyme, so that rhyme, can I talk about that rhyme? Of course. Thing? So I put that rhyme out there. Um, now, I gotta back up. Uh, I always was, I could always rap, but I didn't know I could be a rapper, right? I could always rap though. Like since, since the first day I heard um, uh, Rappers Delight, we get on the bus. I could always come up with a couple of lines, and then as I got old, I could rap. But in D.C., being a rapper is not a thing. Mm-hmm. In the years I'm growing up, wow. and being a deep no, ain't, you got a few rappers. Shout out to Stinky Dink. Shout out to you know uh, Scorpio, um, Black Indian, rest in peace. You know, there's a, there's a bunch, a, a couple more than I could could name, but it's not a popular thing. It's not mm-hmm. like it is today, and so I kind of kept it to myself. Comedy started paying the bills, so I had that. But now I'm on Rap City, mm-hmm. and I'm and I and I can't not write. Like, like this phone is full of rhymes. Now I still produce and I still spit because I have to. Mm-hmm. When though, when it came up to hey Joe, such and such is going freestyle, you gonna get in the cipher. You motherfucking right, I'm about to get in this cipher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got that right. And then the producers are like nigga, you really right like y'all. Yeah hmm <laughs> when's the next, uh... so I was always waiting this to... I was always writing for that reaction. Mm. Word, and I remember that. I was writing yeah. for that reaction. While I am a comedian and I take hip hop very, very seriously, I never tried to be on the show saying I'm a rapper. Let me stay in my place because this is to highlight cats who have record deals cats who are moving and shaking in this industry that we love so much so let them shine but if you're gonna put on a beat nigga you better at least be better than me that's right you, you better got
3: off, you never got off of the deal yes okay
1: uh reggie osei shout out combat
3: rest, and, rest in jack. peace
1: rest in peace to combat jack um took me around a couple times big shout out to dj ski ski was uh ski was ski beats mm-hmm. Ski was giving mm-hmm. oh, me ski, from North Yeah, Carolina. World yeah. Ski yeah. was giving me beats. Um Kid Capri taught me how to make beats. Mm-hmm. Um there's I, I guess y'all haven't heard the story. No. Man, y'all ain't heard this story? No. Man, I had the hard knock life beat. Oh, no, I did it. I heard that. I heard it. Man, yeah. while I was out shopping that deal, that, trying to get a deal. Mark the 45 King in his house gave me the hard knock life beat i went home made a record and i was trying to get my bread together so i could buy the beat because you know that track i was like he gonna at least need 20 30 racks for this thing but i wasn't as serious as as most people who if i would have known what that track was i would have did everything to get that paper together to go in there and make that record so the story was kid
0: capri I thought, was it your song or he was playing the instrumental? So Kid was, I was on tour. tour. So okay. I'm
1: on tour on the Def Comedy Jam tour. So you, okay. So that's how me and Kid mm-hmm. became close. Right. And that's how he started showing me. And his manager was my manager at the time. Shout out to Christy Clifford. Mm-hmm. And so Kid was playing and at first, I was like, yo, what the fuck is that? He's like, oh, that's my man Mark beat, blah, 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 blah. And, he, and, and when he said my man Mark, I don't know he talking about. 45 King. 45 King. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I know the fuck Mark the 45 King is. Mm -hmm. So he said, yo, let's go over Mark's house and listen to some tracks. He said he got some tracks for you. I was like, I'm going over, I'm still like a fan. So I'm like, I'm going over Mark. And he gave, I was like, can I have that track too? He gave me a bunch of tracks and he gave me that Hard Knock Life beat at his house. Me and Kid Kid took me over Mark's house. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got my hands on it. Went home and wrote a Hard Knock Life song. My Hard Knock Life song was about a kid growing up in a hood, but he's, He has disabilities. And he's got, he really got a hard knock life. Mm -hmm. And and you know from that perspective, coming from the social work shit and everything, and then I heard Jay Z record and I just deleted my. Just deleted my. I, <laughs> hey Ski, can you can you lose those eight uh, acts? Make make sure you lose those eight acts, please. Yes, lose all of those tapes that that's on because we don't. Nobody never needs to hear that shit. But you nah. working on an album now? I, I heard. So I, I we we'll call it an album. I just continuously make music. I continue to make mm-hmm. records, and here's here's why. First of all, the movement is called new music for old niggas. Okay. I'm Point blank, that. period. This is our culture. And one of the things I hear people cry about is they always taking our culture. Oh, they always taking our culture. Well, why we keep giving it to them? Mm. If we are, whatever the fuck age we are, if you are hip hop within, nigga, where's your record? I need to hear what you have to say at 50. Can you tell us about credit, nigga? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you tell us about marriage? What about. Foreclosures. Can you put it in a rhyme? High cholesterol. High cholesterol. In the rhyme. But but that's that's sort of the ideal, but not I'm I'm not rhyming about no goddamn Right. I ain't rhyming about colonoscopies and shit like that. But there is a stance that we can take that is a bit more mature. Right. Um the first record that I put out is a record called Gone, G-O-N-E. I saw this quote. Uh, from that, there was a a, a blog called uh, a blog post, and it said that, that black men are the white men of straight black men are the white men of the black community, right? I was like, what the fuck? What? Mm-hmm. I'm the oppressor. Yeah. I'm. Not, I'm the oppressor. Let me go write this rhyme.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Let me go write this rhyme. So I wrote it from that perspective, and I'm coming from that perspective. Um, I think that brothers should keep rapping. Um, and brothers, it's cool to not have to rhyme about the block and your guns. You fifty, bro, and that's mm-hmm. when you look corny. Yeah, y'all look. I, I, let me thank you. Let me say this: mm-hmm. This is Joe Clay. Do I look at the that camera right there? This is Joe Claire saying it, bro. You can spit your ass off, but you rhyming about them AKs and you got these grays in your beard, it's just, does, it doesn't match up. Mm-hmm. It, it don't match up. If you doing that much crime, my nigga, we, we, you, you can't be a rapper at 50, if you doing that much crime. Okay. If you 50 and you got that AR right here, you ain't got time to rap mm-hmm. about shit. You out, That's right. if you 50, or even 40, for that matter, 30, mm-hmm. for that matter. Young guys who come out with all the gun talk,
0: Makes sense. Stupid. To me. I mean, I want to ask too. You know, back then, you know, when we seen people on TV, for some reason, we automatically thought they was rich, right? We thought they were getting <laughs> bread. They thought that—that's I mean, <laughs> what you thought,
1: right? Because you see them on television, right? Do you remember how much you were making back then? <sighs> did anybody see the documentary when Deborah Lee said we were on a shoestring budget? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. You know that little thing at the end of the shoestring? Yes. That's the budget we was on. <laughs> Not the little plastic part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the budget we had at Rap City. So. That's why I kept a radio job and comedy mm. on the weekend. I'm going to tell jokes. The 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 com the comedy bag is more money than the the radio and the TV put together. On the weekend, mm. so on the weekend I'm going to make this money up like it's no problem. Mm. So uh that rap city when I do rap city or do television, do radio, those things are just adding to the what comedy. I'm already getting. But I wasn't wasn't becoming wealthy. And how big were you guys? But I did. But hold up. Let me say this part. For Mm -hmm. any young person who sees it, I fucked off a lot of money. I was young, getting checks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, boy. Oh, I was having a ball with it. And um, I didn't have the wherewithal that we all have now. Mm-hmm. We all gain it over time. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I would have been smart, I started buying houses earlier. Mm-hmm. I would have, you know, started doing, you know, savings early and all those other things. But I was making, I was making more money than a uh, regular job, nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was making more money than some regular job bosses, mm-hmm. than some execs. That's right. Um, you know, cause I'm adding up the three. And then I'm picking up speaking engagements here, or maybe a quick endorsement over here, or some some things of that nature. So I was mm-hmm.
3: You know, it's interesting, if you looked at it from that perspective, when I used to watch Rap
1: City. But not millions. Let's go ahead and put that out. Yeah, not, not, millions, yeah. not millions. Not millions.
3: But when I used to look at it, I never thought about the money. I was just like, I just wanted mm. to be good. I'm like everybody on that show is good. Joe mm. Claire is good. Big Lez is good. Mm. Diggy
1: is good. I want to be good, but but now you know you got to worry about the money.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, but
1: the let, money comes when you're good. Yeah. Money does come with you when you're good, but the deal can be fucked up when you're good that's too. Right, that's right. Well, so a lot of th- a lot of
0: times, you know, when you are good, that's usually when you get the ishy deals, right? And then sometimes before you can get what you're worth, they let you go in and they find a new yet next young thing. And mm. the reason I ask that is because you know growing up in Queens, I would see Ed Lover all the time. Yeah. And you would see Ed Lover driving the nice car and the nice chain. So you always like, wow, that's Ed Lover on television. Even with Tigger, like when I when I DJed in the basement probably six seven times. Uh huh. But you know back then a Ed chain Lover meet,
3: was on MTV though. Huh. That level was on MTV, though.
0: I just said Tigger. That one was at level. Every oh, at- level was on MTV. But even with Tigger, when I go to check, you would see his chain. The chain. So uh-huh. automatically, you see the new fresh clothes. He's getting it. This up, he's, like, getting he's getting it. He's getting it. He's getting he's it.
1: Getting it. it. So he's I always, getting you know, always wanted back then, but was getting it, you know. But then I heard, but then, But then. so then for me, I hit my I hit my 20s, and then I realized them chains don't mean shit. Nothing. This nigga could be at home broke as 80. That might be all he got is the chain. So I, I I never if you see this is the only jewelry I rock mm-hmm. your wedding ring my my wedding ring my wife has talked me into go <laughs> replacing my Apple Watch with a watch watch like because as a realtor um I'm out I, as a realtor as well do real estate when you show up sometimes it's how you show up appearance mm-hmm. appearance is, you know like the chain mm-hmm. that chain so for grown people you walking with that watch like oh this guy's not fucking playing it's established I I prefer my Apple Watch. But because I'm in this meeting, let me go ahead and put, the, to put this other brightling on or whatever the fuck she wants me to get and let's go ahead and act like it's, it's something else. And have a firm handshake and a nice watch. Firm yeah. handshake and a nice watch, and then have your, if you got your numbers together, nigga, you, you can own the world. That's
3: right.
1: You can own, right. it's real talking. Black people, black children need to know that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Another thing too, I was watching the doc, man. I've always loved the interview you did with Big. That's that's an iconic interview. Big, yeah. And um, I knew that was Bigs. I couldn't. I, I knew that was Bigs' last interview.
1: It was his last TV television interview. interview. I, think, yep. I think I think Sway, Sway might have been the his last radio. It was. Radio yeah, he was doing. He went and did the radio. Now, did y'all shoot that in L.A.? Shot it in L.A. That's the one where he was laying like in the park, right? When he was yeah, sitting we sitting in a, So we really we're on a sound stage, and what you can't see is the cameras are facing me and him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is uh, fences and everything behind us? We're on a lot, a studio lot. Studio lots have is a a lot is just a bunch of sound stages. When you hear people say, "Oh, I'm on a lot today," I'm on the Paramount lot or the such and such lot. We want and LA has a bunch of lots, and then the lots have sound stages. Sound stages have gates around them, and you. So we were on one stage on one lot, and they were shooting the hypnotized video. The dance scenes were going on in there, so they took a break from that, sat us outside, and uh, that's how that interview popped off. Um, the day before, what they didn't get to show in this documentary, the day before we were supposed to get that interview, we sat in the Santa Mon- in Santa Monica in the bay. Uh a San- uh not in the Marina del Rey in the in the in the bay, waiting to go out in a little dinghy, mm-hmm. right? Waiting to go out. It's chilly out there, you know, LA get cold. Mm-hmm. It looks sunny, but nigga, it's cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we out there. The boat. Where Biggie and Puffy are with the helicopters, this is you know I can see it from the hypnotized video. From the hypnotized video, yep. I can see it. We're supposed to go to the boat, but they got all these explosions and everything. So the director's like, "Too much pyrotechnics. We can't do a, it. I don't feel safe doing an interview here. Can we do it another time?" They say, "Okay, you'll do the interview tomorrow." Oh, so y'all supposed to do an interview on the boat? Mm. Supposed to do the interview. I was supposed to sit on that yacht mm-hmm. and do that interview. They say, "No, we'll do the interview tomorrow." I'll say, "Boom, no problem. I'll go to the comedy club." Like cool, no problem. Take me to my hotel. Then I go to comedy club, go tell jokes, come back the next day. I always wondered, were you concerned for your
3: safety shooting that in LA at the time? Because it was all the East Coast, West Coast beef and all of that. Like just sitting I, out there I, broad
1: daylight with big. I I'm concerned for my safety every day.
0: Yeah yeah yeah.
3: I,
1: so my head is always from a, on a swivel. You know I'm from. We made it through the crack earth, so I'm always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I came in here, I was in y'all green room. Open the door, make sure ain't you know who the fuck. Is. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? Oh, okay. They work here. So, it, my head is always on a swivel. So I didn't feel any more uh concern, concerned than yeah. I normally feel when I go to L.A. I just know, like, doing rap city. The thing that I knew was when you go to somebody hood, when you go to a city, you abide by their rules. You shut your mouth. Don't start no shit. Won't be no shit. You come to D.C., you have a, you just like you come to my city shut your mouth, come have a good goddamn time, we gonna have a ball. But if you come talking about my city this and my city that, and you, oh, these niggas gonna let you know they gonna leave you right where you was. So, nah, I didn't have any extra concerns for my safety that day. We had plenty of security and I'm a civilian. Yeah, yeah. That's funny, so, because I thought, I when you see the pictures, as a kid
0: or, or you know growing up, I always thought it was outside. And I always wondered, like, how are it they shooting? That well,
1: it, outside? it's like, outside. It's just a, the stage. It,
0: like it looked like a real park. Like they was in the hood. Oh, that's yeah. what, it, that's nah. what oh, nah. it looked like.
1: Nah, we, we, it's a, it's a, it's just a park, some trees and stuff. But it's a sound stage, like right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, then we do the interview. We, we, we bust. They, they stop down production for a second to to do this rhapsody interview. Uh, uh, what's my man's name? Was right there with me. Tried to join me out that day. Uh. Uh, uh, see, Latimer, uh, Chris Latimer, yeah, Chris, Chris Latimer, hey, what up, Chris? Yeah. Chris, Chris, what's up, Chris? Chris, send some clothes a bit, Chris, yeah, Chris. I need clothes, Chris, I you still do African American college, yeah, life. I know. You know he needs, I need that yeah. Morgan State, Chris. Y'all be, y'all be front on my school, send Chris him some hamster, to Chris, send him some hamster, to Chris. <laughs> so, Chris, Chris he was on set, he was on set that wow. day advising and doing some other things, some, he was advising and doing some other stuff. And I, so I, I meet Chris, we dab up, and Chris start. You know, some people when they find out you're a comedian, they want to s- point out that they're a better comedian than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Chris starts that shit up. I'm like, Chris, I gotta do the Biggie interview. I'm I'm trying to get my quote. He's like, I be with Joe Torre and them nigga. And look at your shoes. And i was like, Chris, I don't have time for this. <laughs> and then he kept going. And and then Joe Claire came out. <laughs> and, and Chris was like, "Okay, go ahead, Joe. Stop." I was like, "No, don't fuck that stop shit. No, not ain't no stop now. Here I come, big. Ain't no stop now, nigga. Unloosen that belt. I can sit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going, going, right. going, Then I sit and I do the interview. It's a great day because Chris is sitting there laughing with us. Our producers are having a great time. C's and Junior Mafia right behind us. The dance girls are over there, and of course. You know, you, when you see dance, you're like, "Oh, I'm a holler at Charlotte." Here after this is over, you know, you're having a great day. Then Biggie said you wanna smoke something? Ah, the day just got better. Yes, I wanna smoke something. <laughs> if, if you Biggie Smalls, if you wanna smoke, and I said, if you gonna I'm, I'm not a smoker, but if you gonna smoke with somebody, you gonna smoke big. with Biggie Smalls. Mm-hmm. All right. Puff a b- couple, smoke a couple L's, boom, boom, boom. They showed that in the doc a little bit. So yeah. because I had to, and that since it since it got postponed, I had to catch a red eye that night because I was going out on the Deaf Comedy Jam tour. This was the first night. Mm. The first night was on that Friday. So I had to fly home Wednesday after getting the interview, pack my bags, fly red-eye, go home, wash clothes, pack my bag, blah, 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 Get on the, the tour buses, coming from Kid Capri live Jersey, coming down to DC, pick me up, and then we drive to Dallas. We do the show in Dallas, and next night we go to Houston, do the show in Houston, had a ball, and 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, Kid called my phone. Like, yo, they say Biggie got shot. I'm, you know, it's four o'clock in the morning. You've been out drinking and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever. Niggas tripping. You know, it's just some more hip hop hearsay bullshit. Then my girl called me. My girlfriend at the time called me. She was like, they say Biggie got shot. I was like, hold the fuck up. That's two people. Hold on. Let me turn on headline news. Y'all remember headline news used to every half hour? First story: Rapper Christopher Wallace has been gunned down, and I was like, "There's no fucking way." At this point, the interview wasn't out. The interview's not out. I just—it was. This is Sunday morning. I just was there Wednesday. Mm. This is Sunday morning at six in the morning. So nah, no interview out. They ain't get time to chat They still in L.A. partying. Mm-hmm. They ain't even talk none of that. And just just those next couple of. Weeks with that, days and weeks with that was just like a blur. Just like a big blur. And I, ref, when I got to reflect on it, I realized I was just numb to this shit. Mm. Cause Tupac had just died. And now Biggie got killed. I was like, we cannot be that dumb, mm. are we? Black folks, we really not that stupid, are we? Is this who we are? Time has shown that unfortunately niggas going egg. niggas going did you did you did... I hate to say it man it's sad mm-hmm. it's sad and and I and let me put this in context on y'all show I'm a I'm a kid who had progressive parents mm-hmm. both parents college educated both parents have this beautiful ideal of what we can be as an African American community mm-hmm. what can happen my pops was an attorney who worked for the uh, Department of Education. My mother became a professor. Uh, uh, she's a writer. Her books have gone all over the world and everything else. But my <laughs> my pops had another job After at five o'clock. He was the weed man. That's okay. a whole nother story. <laughs> so he was an attorney. So, But they had this picture for who we could be. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was like, nah, pop, I don't think we are gonna make it in our lifetime. I don't think I'm gonna see it I don't think you're gonna see it. We're gonna have to individually keep running towards the goal, but everybody coming together to run towards this goal? Ain't gonna happen. Nah, that means the front runners gonna have to stop, slow down, and come back and get the niggas who's who not thinking about nothing and pull them along. And how much time, you know how hard it is? Working in social services, I know how hard it is to pull somebody along. It's difficult. It is difficult to change your mindset, to change your heart, to change the way people see things. It's difficult. That shit, it's it, it hit me. It was it was one of those times, Charlemagne and Envy, where I really just, I'm very us. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I, I man, a lot of that. So a lot of the like hanging out shit, I just did not want to do. Mm. Like, I, it, it's watching us was a reflection of how bad we can get. I don't necessarily think you a bad guy, but I know that if this is in the air, if this is our culture right now, right now our culture is two of our biggest have gotten killed and homicides ain't slowing down mm-hmm. every weekend. Shootings is still going on every weekend. As a matter of fact, the records are getting even more brazen right. and the gun talk and everything else after we these tragedies. So when I looked at my brothers, I was like, nah, we got to put, I got to hear what's coming out your mouth. Mm. I gotta watch your actions to actually feel like we back to this mm-hmm. because I don't know what you on. And then I've and I watched cats. I knew, you know, I watch man. I watched some of the most righteous dudes. Next thing I know, he he, he come with the chain and the and he got to get his swag together. You, you already you, you been made since you was. Nineteen years, ten years old. You've been mm. made. You've been a man. I know your family. I know what you stand on. You switching up because the you think this is what the culture doing? Damn, fuck my head up.
0: Damn,
1: and ha- and has colored how I see us since then. So that, to that, nothing has changed your mind about it. I mean, so so it that those that happened, mm-hmm. and everybody can do their own narrative of how it infa- impacted them, mm. because I was sitting in the middle of it. And remember, leading up to that, I sat in the middle of the East Coast, West Coast thing every week, every day. Every rapper's got something to say about the other coast. So I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, it was cool when the rappers were saying it. But then when the a and saying it, and then when the the the, the other label guys saying it, and then when, you know, it's, it's popping up on the news. I was like, this is the corniest, dumbest. This is just fucking stupid. We, first of all, we both fighting for our rights against the oppressor in the first place. Where you from ain't got shit to do with it. Not at all. But then to see the mindset, and that's, that's how I understood how powerful, that's when the other part was how powerful media became for me mm-hmm. at that time. Because I was like watching grown motherfuckers that I knew change their whole shit to be part of the shit. I was like, really? Is that what made you start
3: saying East Coast, West Coast, worldwide?
1: I took it straight from the Lost Boys. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Shout out to Mr. Cheeks mm. and everybody else, because it took. Yes, we need we 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 really need to we really need to do mm-hmm. this. Big shout out to Mac Ten and Fat Joe, because I don't know if you guys remember, they did a movie. Thicker in uh, thick it in Water, Something Something like that, and then and Fat Joe realized, and Fat Joe used to be coming up to the show like, man, fuck that, I'm keeping the flame going on this East Coast West Coast shit. After that, I see Joe and he's like, yeah, nah, I found out them some cool niggas. He, he he didn't say nigga to me <laughs> you know everybody be about how Joe how like Joe you. used the word yeah, yeah. He, I'm just I'm being a comedian <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was like nah they cool and then as you see Mac 10 and Mac 10 like nah they cool they super cool and then you found out it was it really wasn't the East Coast versus it was the media making yeah. it, and it was Pac against Biggie, and they used to be best friends, and now we looking at really this came down to two best friends fell out. Now they have other influences, and that just got bigger and bigger and bigger. It was out of it, control, out mm-hmm. of control. Because if you look at it now, you don't do you think twice when you go to L.A. No, right? You go, you you mm-hmm. might hold up. You mind the streets, yeah, I do. You Mm. mean you you mind the streets? I mind the streets yeah, of course. But you don't feel like because you're an East Coast dude, it's on and popping on site. Nah, right. I just see what happens in L.A. Right, but but that's the same way I feel when I go to Chicago. I lived in I lived in L.A. for a decade, Mm. and you know, I never had I never had a problem in Los Angeles. I I have great friends who are Mm. still there, and you know, and there's a difference. Let me put this out there: there's a difference between Hollywood. And LA. L.A. Absolutely, and and my all my dudes was from L.A. And, was from, and they they started breaking down what hood they're from and where. Don't go over there, homie. Hey, Joe Claire, look here, homie. You don't want to be over there after it gets dark. And I'm like, okay, I ain't gonna be over there after it get dark. And then <laughs> and I and I mind my business. You know what I'm saying? And I had I I love L.A. I had such a ball. I miss it so much. I miss it so much, but my wife was not
3: having it. Trust me. You ain't even got to say no more. I understand. I understand what you said. Yeah, there. my wife was like, mm-mm, <laughs> mm-mm,
1: mm-mm. mm-mm. She, she couldn't do it. West side, west side of Baltimore to go to L.A.? She was like, mm-mm, <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm, mm I'm going to kill everybody out this month. Like, okay, baby, let's go home.
3: You know, we, we have conversations on The Breakfast Club that have ended up confrontational. Did, did y'all have any of those on Rap City that y'all
1: y'all didn't Bruh, hear? I never, not one time, had any problems with any rappers the only person who ever <laughs> the only person who ever like like tried to sum me he summed me one time it was my first this is my first live taping we were at the ritz nightclub this was mark Bonds' club you know y'all know mark It's mark Bonds' it club back in the day i'm in there and i'm interviewing pete rock and cl smooth oh boy who's my season? heroes? My, I know they album back to, backward and forward. I know everything, I know every syllable of that motherfucker album. So it's like, five, four, three, two, go. I'm like, hey, it's Rap City, Joe Clay here, blah, 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 and i do my thing. So what's up with you? What's up with you? And then, and then I don't get nothing from CL. He's pretty, you know. So then the camera's cut off. He's like, yo, son, you mad extra. I said, say what? He's like, yo, you mad extra. I said, what you mean? He's like, yo, over the top, B, you like mad extras, huh? So, <laughs> yo, bring it down a little bit. Five, four, three, two. All right, y'all, it's your man Joe Claire here on Rap City. <laughs> blah, 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 I got bigger. <laughs> Nigga, I don't know you. I love C.L. Slew, but I don't know you. Now you turn back into Craig or Calvin or whatever C stand for, and th- this my city. We back in my hometown. we are great friends now. We we How do you how did that end? No, I, I for me I took it as a, a vet, somebody who was in the industry showing me what he thought I should be. Mm-hmm. No skin off my you know, that's what you think I should be. <laughs> I already know Joe Claire. And if it's nothing I I know Joe I know what Joe Claire do, and I I I stayed extra for <laughs> for, for five years. I stayed extra for five years, and we nah. I saw him. I saw him maybe a year later. All love. How's everything? Good to see. You. How's the show going? Everything's groovy. I saw him. I want to say about three years ago. He came through uh, the station when I was at WPGC. Well, it's number love, number but love. But he was the one person out of all of them that just had that thing. After that, it was all super cool. And then I can't say who the rappers and there's there's I, I can name about six or seven of them. I guess they knew I was a social worker before or whatever. Man, they would do they come in here and tell y'all, y'all they problems? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, all of them. All of them. Yeah. Absolutely. It blew my mind when that shit started happening. I can't say who, but he's like, you know, when you get an image of him, he's hardcore. Straight hardcore. All day, every day, stand on it like a man, there's no nothing. There's no no fragility, no nothing over here. Cameras cut off, man. This nigga talked to me about problems with his wife, the you know IRS. The I, I'm having some. I need a mental day, Joe. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on, bro? <laughs> How did things work out for oh this my brother? God. How did things work out for him? He uh, he's fine. He's fine. I see him all the time. He's fine. He's fine. Now. Okay, all right. He's fine. But it was just like, wow, that you know these these people that have these personas are real ass people who are going through a lot of shit in their life. Absolutely. And that's that, you know, so thanks for letting me put that out there. We appreciate you brother. Nah, I appreciate y'all. Make Make sure y'all watch that, make make sure sure y'all watch this conversation. Oh man, and and we just, shit, let me get, there's a few things I like to get off my chest. Make sure you follow, make sure you follow me at Joe Claire on all Mm -hmm. social media platforms. if you are in the DMV, watch me every day at three o'clock on Fox Five. It's called the DMV Zone. I am on the news every day, and it's—you'll see it when you tune in. And other than that, just follow your boy, man. Oh, and catch me if I. All right. A lot of people did not know I was a comedian first, mm-hmm. so please, if I come to your town, make sure you come see my show, cause nigga, I'm boy, I'm hilarious. When you got to, when your next shows? Shit, uh. Let me see. We just so we just finished the big comedy festival in in the DMV. Myself, Donnell, your boy, okay. <laughs> me, Donnell Rollins, Pierre, uh, Tony Woods, Tommy Davison, and Red Grant. Killed it. With, with Yvonne Orgy as our host. Okay. She's from around the way as well. Um, I do my own shows monthly at a play, at a spot called Bowie in Bowie, Maryland. So I don't know if you guys know about Bowie, Maryland. Bowie, Maryland is the So Prince George's County storied history as the uh, best black best place for black folks Median household income and buoy is the highest median household income in prince george's mm-hmm. county so we do a comedy show in Bowie. very uh intelligent uh well to do black crap so i love going in there um we got heavy hitters coming through each and every month so just you could just check the schedule there and then um uh, let me see i'll be at the I'll be in Atlanta. <laughs> go to JoeClaire.com. I'm there sure you there go. You just go to Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. Just go. Thank you. <laughs> He's
3: me. struggling. He's struggling. I'm sure, I'm sure the
1: date's on Thank you. It dead. And, then, and then back in D.C. and Baltimore. I got shows coming up. And I tour all the time. I just am not with the big guys touring. Mm-hmm. I'm in. This, I'm still on Chitlin Circuit. I'm still on Hennessy and Chicken Circuit. You, you come see me. It's going to be a smaller venue. Blah, blah, blah. And then every now and again you get to see me with the big guy on a bigger stage. Shout out to more for putting me on tour so this we'll past year. Yeah, some more put me on tour, and I got to go back on the big stages because I don't live in New York. I don't live in LA. I'm in DC operating by myself. So I go get it, but I'm out telling jokes every weekend. There you have it. Well, it's Joe Claire, ladies and gentlemen. And make sure you watch the Rap City Doc on DC. Yes! it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Wake that ass up in the morning. The
0: Breakfast Club. Zigazoo has made me zigzag.